Hey there, hi there, ho there, hello there, and welcome back to another exciting edition of the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour Podcast, where weekly we decide, <laughs> we, weekly could be either way, I guess, we, we try to discuss the joy and excitement of UFL Women's Athletics with you on a weekly basis, weekly, and uh, obviously not a lot going on right now, there are some things to talk about as well in the sports world, but uh, I think today we're going to start it out in an if I'd only stayed with us in the third grade, I'd do a trumpet fanfare right now. But unfortunately, after six weeks of the trumpet, they decided you might be better off banging on that drum over there, son. So we have with us an old married man, Jared Anderson. Congratulations, buddy. All of us tickled for you. Just give us kind of a review of the procedures and the day involved. Yeah, we've made it officially week now, and I'm still married, so that's always a, a good sign. Uh, day was uh, felt both very long and very short at the same time, just in terms of how busy you are. Uh, by the end, exhausted, sweaty, smell like bo. Uh, in uh, in Katie's mind, everything went well because uh, we didn't tell her anything that went wrong until the day after, which was all minor stuff that. Varied from a, a groomsman's shoes completely splitting, the whole sole falling off when he pulled him out of the garment bag, to a, a bridesmaid's earring breaking, to another groomsman not knowing if he'd get off work uh, due to a certain airline, uh, causing some issues uh, with his unemployment with that airline. Uh, he made it there that morning just in time for the photos and had to fly out the next morning super early. Uh, to Katie's grandma falling during some pictures afterwards. Uh, so some minor stuff here and there. Everybody was okay. Uh, wedding went off without a hitch. Reception, same thing. Uh, we were fortunate to be able to have that live stream as well. Uh, it seems like the Facebook live stream picked up several views uh, just from everywhere, including from my grandma, who was unable to make the trip to South Carolina. Uh, super great day, beautiful weather. The service itself is indoors in the church. Uh, we had organ, piano. Uh, the trumpeter was actually the uh, officiant's son. Uh, that's a, the guy that officiated the wedding. He's a pastor of that church. His son has a degree in trumpet performance. I'm like, well, that works great. Yeah. And then we moved over about five minutes down to the road. There's the reception. Uh, a very southern feel location in terms of the buildings the trees the uh, walkways uh, great spot everybody seemed to have a blast and we did make it back safely and end in one piece fantastic on all that too yeah and it's, as, as i watched the replay on it uh, it's like the thir- first 30 minutes almost of the replay were were trumpet and piano and that was pretty cool this guy obviously i hope he did get a bonus for his work jared because he was out there blowing that horn, pal. Oh, yeah, he was excellent. I, I was standing off to the side with the, the pastor beforehand, uh, just getting a chance to listen to him. That first half an hour is more escorting everybody in, making sure they got seated. Yeah. We had told everyone in advance, if you're not in the door by 429, uh, you're not going to make it into the wedding. You're going to have to stand outside and watch. So everybody was in and good to go. And then right at 430, we were ready to go get moving. Yeah, it seemed to be running pretty close on the schedule. And uh, I, I just had a couple questions basically about the reception, and Jeff can help me with this a little bit too. First of all, did they serve boiled peanuts? 
No peanuts. peanuts anywhere. We do have uh, had multiple groomsmen with uh, food and nut allergies, so we did avoid all nuts. I got you. Okay, it's always something I've associated with South Carolina, but uh, okay, they did not make it in there. Then, of course, the question of the cake. And Jeff, uh, <laughs> Jeff's on the show with us today, and I'll let Jeff take that one. From yeah, me. you know, just a running joke at this point. I, I was glad to see the case picked up on it too. As you know, if the cake was there, you know, because like you know, like I said in our group chat, my in my head canon now, it's it's a poly relationship between you, Katie, and the cake. So, <laughs> for those listening that are confused, this goes back to yeah. we were out for my mom's birthday dinner about a week. Two weeks before the wedding, that that was okay. and it was a big old slice of cake about the size of Katie's head. And yeah, it really was. She ate a good chunk of it, that's for sure. And it was, it was I think it was, for me, it was the, just the composition of the picture that the cake was fairly prominent. And of course, I mean, the size of, the, of it is obviously helps with that. But so it just was, I don't know, it struck me as funny in my head. So I had to yeah, make a running Katie joke of it. It was kind of the, the afterthought in my cake picture. <laughs> yeah. So. And I imagine there was a lot of, you know, stuff involved in getting actually getting the cake all the way down to South Carolina. <laughs> how, how did you pack it? And, you know, did, did you use saran wrap or was it just left out in the open? I mean, how did the frosting survive? <laughs> uh, was there anything? Were there any rosebuds on the cake? First of all, that, there was uh, some some fake flowers as a cake topper that I guess were strictly pure sugar. Oh, we didn't eat those. I think uh, we're getting those. Uh, sealed in some type of frame so uh, like an airtight package seal so they don't really rot and go bad yeah put them in the freezer and eat them 15 years later right no yeah don't do that <laughs> there was a little bit of uh leftover cake after the reception which people were taking home uh, her brother may have had a couple too many drinks because when he <laughs> hopped in his parents vehicle this cake ended up all over the front seat, the, the oh. dashboard, the, oh, floor, no. the AC vent. So they had to get Q-tips and, and clean wow. all that out. <laughs> uh, the, the old age-old tradition of shoving a cake in your you know spouse's face during the reception, I guess he kind of took that to a different direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just had to do the car, right? <laughs> yeah, lesson learned on that is groomsmen tell the bridesmaids no when they offer you fireball over and over. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, yeah, shoot, shot the fireball can definitely have a preventive effect on somebody. Yeah, I can remember a, a football game not too many years ago, and the old Paulster was under the influence of fireball and was basically trying to figure out why we had the ball. Yes, in a football game. <laughs> they had to kind of explain it to me. I said, we're playing great defense. Where's our <laughs> offense doing out there? I don't know. Yes, so. Because Best song of the whole reception was a requirement by me was Joker and the Thief. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So so it came on and all the U of L and Louisville people are going absolute psycho crazy and the rest oh, of the, oh, the South Carolina people, people are going, What is going on? on? Yeah, the grandparents are sitting there going, What is they doing now? What 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 part of the ceremony is this? Because and it's just a shame you couldn't have actually gotten the guitars, you know, to come out and play that at the wedding. But uh, <laughs> I think that would have been a little bit beyond budget. All things done well, though, but everybody's back safe and happy and, and healthy, and things are going on as an old married couple now. Yes, you are. You, can, you have reached a new classification in your life, sir. 
Yeah, we're getting getting nice and old. Uh, got that joint bank account going now, and as soon as we get back from the honeymoon, which will be uh, a cruise in the Caribbean here just after Fourth of July, then we'll work on her name change. We didn't want to deal with the headache with the being out of the country, passports, uh, changing the name on the cruise reservation. That whole, that whole process is a hassle. Yeah, so we decided we'll wait until yeah. late July and then start that name change for her. And that can take some time too. I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, I figure she won't get that approved until sometime in football season. Well, and it's mostly just a matter of all the places you have to change it. You know, I mean, it was the Social Security Administration. You start with that, which is, you know, but then it's like every place where you have an account or have any sort of business relationship with, you got to inform them. You know, it's just a lot of them. Yeah, it's going to be a headache there for a while getting all that. Yeah. And make sure and proofread what they do. And make sure they spell it right. Yeah. Because that happened with Sony and I. When I uh, they had her middle initial as M, okay? Which technically her middle name is, starts with an M, but she wanted to use N for it to be Sonia Newbie Sykes, Newbie being her maiden name. Mm-hmm. Well, when everything came through, it was an M for her actual middle name before she got married, which was Marietta. Trying to get that straightened out is akin to trying to depose Andy Brashear from governor right now. <laughs> it's a little bit impossible to do. Yeah. And certainly something that I had to go through. We don't know how many agencies we ended up going through. I honestly think we did talk to just about everybody involved except the Agriculture Commission. <laughs> but uh, eventually she is now known as an N and not an M. So proofread kids it's important make sure and do that but, uh, all right so uh and, and before we get into the show a little bit we've got time to do all that i was gonna i ran across something today i thought was kind of fun so i thought i'd do it with you guys here a little bit and see uh what are 10 things that are disappearing in the lives of millennials okay the first of all, millennial, let's just kind of put the terminology out there if you're uncertain what it is. It's somebody who was actually born in the early 80s to all the way up through the late 90s, I think. If you'd agree with me, that would be kind of a good term for a millennial. And Any objections there, guys? No, that's about right. It sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, one of the things that millennials are not using as much and nearly as they used to is oil. Think about that. Oil. Automobiles, yep. a lot more electrical out there. Yeah, both electric and millennials just don't drive as much. Yeah. Is what's been discovered. So. The DVR. The DVR. Yeah. I haven't used my DVR probably in a long time. Of course, I'm not a millennial. But how is it working well with your, guy, your guys' generation? Do you yeah, use the DVR anymore? No. It's, uh, it's streaming on demand. It's, yeah. DVR is almost non-existent for a lot of yeah. places unless you pay extra. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and most millennials probably have never had experience with a VCR. That's true. And, yeah. Or beta. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Yeah, that was and some of them, you know, the earlier ones probably have, but not a lot. Yeah, uh, we finally managed to get rid of all the old VCR tapes we had from years ago. Yep. Uh, movie theaters. When was the last time you went to a movie theater? Uh, two weeks ago when Little Mermaid came out. So you've you've actually went to one, okay? Yeah, I usually yeah. go about once a month. Baxter Avenue Theaters has that 
cheap Tuesday deal where I think you go, it's like six dollars or something to mm. see a movie. Say hi to my niece. She works there. <laughs> oh, I I love going to Baxter. Yeah, uh, she's uh, yeah. Uh, I it's probably been a couple of years, but it hasn't been that terribly long. Yeah, and, and um, I'm about the same as you, Jeff, because there was a movie yeah. theater complex out in uh, Mount Washington that we used to like to go mm-hmm. to. And there was never any lines for it. They always had uh, top run things and stuff like that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden they just closed down Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Yeah. I'm not a huge movie person in general, but there are occasionally some that I'm like, I really want to go see that. I want to go see it in the theater for the, the that immersive experience. So, um, like Hidden Figures when it came out, I said, I, I want to see that in the theater. Oh, absolutely. That, that yeah. was one, one of the cases I did not catch it in there, but the... yeah, and it, it, that was not a super, you know, high special effects thing. So it really the, 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 that immersive experience was actually less significant for that one, but it just was the notion of it. Uh, the message of, of that movie, I wanted to be supportive of it. Uh, so yeah, you know, I made an extra effort on that one. I think the last movie I remember pretty clearly in, in, in fully remember seeing in the theater was Knives Out, if that gives you any idea how long ago that was. So, and maybe you haven't even seen it yet, but it's a very good movie. Watch it sometime. Next up, cereal. Does anybody eat cereal anymore? I know that I do. Yeah, every once in a while. Not regularly, though. Yeah. I'm uh, firm in starting that cereal every morning with my either Wheaties or Post brand Fifth Flakes and then fruit and such, but anyway. Marriage. Well, that's an interesting one, isn't it? You got married a couple of weeks ago, but more and more millennials, it seems like, are, are, are going in other directions besides marriage. Uh, and just based on that, though, what do you see amongst your friends, Jared? How does it stand there? Uh, some people are still getting married. Uh, obviously, one of my groomsmen, Mike, is getting married here in the fall. Uh, another of my groomsmen got married a couple years ago. Some of my friends are just like, eh, it's is what it is like they've got their long-term partners that they just feel like marriage is nothing but a title uh, and doesn't always change as much as people want it to and some people are just happy being single and don't really feel the need to try and find a, a partner in life when they uh they feel like they're they're well enough well enough off as is gymnasiums mm. hmm what do you mean is gymnasiums like yeah. to a gym workout center? Yeah, workouts are like a twenty-four fitness or something like that. Uh, I don't I'm those are sh- popping up all over. I was gonna say there's a bajillion of those around. I'm not sure I'll buy that one. <laughs> yeah, you see them a lot. One of the things though is, is you take a look at who's inside them. And do you see a lot of millennials? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well part of it, but, uh, as as frequently as I'm involved in them, which isn't that often. <laughs> So, yeah, it's, it's been a while since I had a workout program. But yeah, I and I know a lot of millennials, know of a lot of millennials that routinely hit the gym like that, yeah. Well, a lot of schools, when people are in, still in school, have their own gyms, so students aren't going to go off to these other gyms as much because they don't want to pay extra for it. Uh, but yeah, even when I go over to Planet Fitness, me being 28, I'm on the probably the younger, probably... 25% of the young side there. Most people are older than I am. Yeah, and uh, using the actual 
heavy metal, I like to call it barbells and stuff like that. Uh, we just don't see a lot of that anymore inside the gym either. But in any event, uh, yeah, uh, changing things. Uh, better ways to build your body. Uh, a nine to five job. Okay. That's an interesting one, Jared. Uh, you were kind of still in the vestiges of that. I would just imagine that you're still doing that. Uh, Jeff, you've gone completely off the rails as far as a nine to five job goes. And I'm retired. So. Uh, I mean, like nine to five, as far as like showing up in an office, maybe. But I mean, because I, I mean, it's kind I of the way roughly I be, yeah. nine to five, you know, roughly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm working remotely. So yeah, I don't know. It's, it depends on what they mean by that, I think. And there seems to be a lot more people who've gone that route, the remote route. Where, yeah. Uh, they may sign in at 9.05 and say hi to a supervisor online and say, okay, yeah. what do you got for me today? What do I need to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think with the rise of remote work, you're seeing a lot more flexibility in that because it's like, does having your butt in a seat really matter? No. Getting the work done is what matters. And when you're remote, that's what you have to focus on more. That's what management has to focus on more, more than having your butt in a seat. You don't have a good way to monitor that, which is for the better. You know, <laughs> Jared, I'm guessing you're still probably a part of the situation where there's a bunch of different cubicles on one floor, maybe, where people work out of and then. Yeah, and there for a while, we had a kind of a flexible option where you could work at home a couple of days a week or work a four day work week. Uh, they suspended that uh, the massive amount of storms rolled through around March, uh, just trying to get everybody on the same schedule, everybody in office. I think at some point we may move back to that option, which working from home Mondays and Fridays was really nice. Saved a lot on gas. I could sleep in about an extra 45 minutes. Uh, I was already home when I clocked out, which is nice. So I didn't mind working an extra 15, 20 minutes each day because I didn't have to worry about commute time. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I don't mind going in definitely at least a couple of days a week just to see people and socialize some. But uh, I like the benefits of when you can work from home because it doesn't matter where you're working from. It doesn't matter what you're wearing. If you're in a suit and tie or you got sweatpants on. I mean, as long as you can get your work done, in my mind, who cares? Yeah. And the final job I had in regards to that area and things like that, it, it really wasn't so much of a nine to five, but I did actually report to the office three or four days a week was when I worked for St. Jude. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a little different nine to five job than most have, but the, Certainly was a very rewarding one at the time. Chain restaurants. Okay, when's the last time you went to a chain restaurant and uh, sat down? Uh, um, <laughs> I mean, I went to, I went to, I didn't sit down and got carry out, but went to Rafferty's last night. You know, okay. uh, that is definitely a chain restaurant. Uh, yeah, no, I go to chain restaurants fairly routinely. It's not not, not uncommon. I'm not Are a menial though. Sit down or fast food or what? Exactly? Yeah, I would say I, I think they probably meant like a, a something or to that's a sit down or at least where you know if not nationwide, you know. I mean, uh, I do like Chili's and Texas Roadhouse, okay. uh, stuff like that regularly. But there's also being in Louisville, you have so many locally owned options that you can work with that I enjoy doing some of these locally owned restaurants because I think the service and food are incredible. That. I, I may kind of be half and half on that one. Yeah. Now, if I'm traveling, no, I'm not going to eat it at, at a chain. There's no way. I'm going to find someplace local. Uh, I'm going to try to experience that local flavor. But here in Louisville, I mean, 
you know, yeah, I'm going to go to the local places quite a bit because we have such a, you know, an embarrassment of riches in that area. But, you know, I'm also not going to not go to a chain because of that on occasion. So We do indeed here. That's yeah. for sure. Sandy tripped in Bardstown Road on any weekend night. We'll yeah. Yep. Grocery store. When was the last time you actually sat down and made a list and went to the store? Uh, that's what Katie's uh, at right now. Katie is definitely a part of that still then. Gotcha. Is it her first official shopping trip as a married couple? I believe so, yes. I, I will say it's probably changing quite a bit because you've got a you got stuff like the click list and stuff where you can go online and say, here's what I want. And then you just pull up and they bring it out to your car. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the experience is changing. I mean, there's still grocery stores. People still go buy groceries, but the experience of how that happens is changing. True indeed. Yeah. I know several people who do that now mm -hmm. simply just come up with their list and either, I don't know how they get it to the store, but they get it to the store and they receive a time that they can come pick it up. Yep. Yeah. That's what that is. Pretty cool. But, yep. uh, and then last but not least here, we will go to the department stores. Oh, uh, yeah. Department stores. Well, thank, when was the last time that you Thank did you, Amazon. Yeah, Amazon has definitely made a bite there. Yeah, uh, I mean, like big box stores like Target, Myers, Kroger, stuff like that, where you can get stuff like that. But uh, like going to, you know, Dillard's or something. No, no. Been a long, long time. The only yeah. time I go to Dillard's, JCPenney, stuff like that is pants like khaki black pants uh, actual full collar full button down yeah. shirts uh, that, that's about it i don't go to department stores often yeah i should qualify on all of these answers i'm not a millennial <laughs> i'm very that's definitely not you, you're, <laughs> I'm out, you're outside the range i'm outside the range yeah but i think i actually kind of my mindset on life and approach to life actually does have a lot in common with millennials I still have some, certainly have a, a strong dose of Gen X in me, but I, yeah. Hey, and feel free if you're listening out there to uh, chime in on this one in the comment section tomorrow. And let us know. Yeah. Are you one of those ones that goes religiously to the grocery store every week to get the certain items? Do you work out in a gym two or three, four days a week or whatever? Are you still a fan of cereal in the morning? Uh, and, you know, just kind of give us an idea where you're at on that. We'd like to know because. Uh, Certainly, just out of curiosity, there's no, there's no grade on this. We're not going to be have a winner in this. Just what are you doing these days? We'd like to know what are you doing these days. Uh, but uh, okay, with with that well covered, Jared, let's go ahead and maybe go through just a little bit of Twitter information, huh? Yeah, obviously, there's nothing on the official UVL schedule. Uh, there's, if you do want to dig in the unofficial UVL schedule, volleyball still down in brazil uh they've been having all sorts of looks like fun travel experience as well as playing volleyball on top of that they're they are finished with all their matches they're playing there so they did go undefeated yep. yeah undefeated uh, which was excellent but yeah other than that there's no true team out there doing anything uh several different uvo athletes are playing in various summertime rec leagues that are they're allowed to do so especially we've seen with women's soccer and softball uh, but so moving over to twitter we're short a couple of people today uh, one of those being daryl uh, i believe she is working some louisville bat stuff again uh, so if you ever see anything camera wise or replay wise video purposes uh, with louisville bats you can go ahead and uh, thank daryl for all her hard work with that she tweets out as Daryl Faust 4. That's number 4. 
Uh, Case, who is also not with us today, uh, tweets out as best case scenario. That is B-S-T, no E in the word best on that one due to a character limit restriction on Twitter. Uh, Polly tweets out as Cardinal Couple. Jeff's got a couple Twitter accounts. You've got at Card Couple Radio and Jeff McAdams. And then myself, Mr. Anderson Jared. Uh, put out some zoo pictures if you're interested in that, but I haven't been overly active on Twitter lately. So there you have it on that information as well. You can follow us on Twitter, and certainly we do get responses to things on Twitter as well. So I think the actual platform used a lot more by us in the actual months that U of L sports are, are are actually going on, and you'll find more on there as well as also. A lot of Twitter from the participants in those sports. So we'll keep up with that and see what's going on there. But getting in today a little bit, I thought that volleyball would be a good place to start out since it's a, a team that's gone after playing defined games in a certain area, uh, getting a head jump possibly on the, the season ahead with some different combinations and variations as such. And of course, we got our volleyball guy in the house with us here today, Jeff. What's going on with this volleyball team? How are they doing? Are you happy with what you're seeing? Yada, yada, yada. Tell us all about volleyball. Yeah, uh, they've had this uh, trip that they've been on in Brazil, going around Brazil. Uh, And it uh, seems like from everything I see on social media, from players and official social media accounts, like they're all having a lot of fun. Um, I hear a few of them may have come down with a few little illnesses, but nothing nothing serious. Uh, You know. The stuff that happens when you travel in a big group of people, somebody's probably going to come down with something, but yeah. Uh, the play has been really, really good. Uh, they, they, they played five matches while they've been there. Uh, they are done with those matches now, they're but they do have a couple more days in country that they're going to be, you know, visiting and sightseeing, um, which is pretty cool. Um, think of this as both practice and and team building, so um. They played, uh, as as mentioned, they were they went undefeated in all the matches they played. Some of them they like played five sets, and it was a five zero score. So, um, yeah, great great opportunity to get out there, try out playing some people out of their normal position. They got uh, a couple of injuries that they're dealing with. Nina Moore has been out; she's still got a stress fracture in her leg, uh, so she's out that shuffles the lineup slightly. Um, Kara Cressy has a cast on her wrist, but she's been playing with it. So um, if you're whoever's to the left, whoever's swinging left should be careful so they don't get clonked. Uh, But uh, yeah, uh, they've looked really good. Uh, They've had some really tough. The last two matches they played were with the U21 uh, Brazilian national team. Uh, so not the senior national team, but uh, they, they would probably stomp us. They tend to be very good. Uh, but the U21 team, uh, which is still <laughs> quite good, uh, also, uh, has a big tradition of volleyball excellence in general. So uh, those were really good matches, uh, close, competitive. Uh, they took, you know, I think they both went a legit five, uh, five sets in them. So, um you know, playing a lot of different people, playing a lot of combos. It's, it's it's exhibition, so you're seeing people playing in positions that they may not play in the fall, but getting experience, getting practice in. So uh, it's been a lot of fun. We, we've seen this before with other sports in preseason to their events where they've actually gone on trips. Uh, 
I think I can remember lacrosse, maybe going to Italy a few years ago and some other ones that have that have taken place. Uh, I guess a question for both of you guys. Obviously, it's a big thing for team chemistry, right? You know, you're getting yeah. to know each other on, on a basis away from home where it's kind of you all against them and kind of an exercise building procedure there. But what kind of effect does it actually have on the team chemistry, guys? when you read the tweets from some of the different players and things like that. Uh, is this a great thing? Is it a good thing? Or is it something that a team can still do quite well without having the you know, opportunity to go through? Uh, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead on that, Jeff. Oh, go ahead. I answer the last one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually think it's a great thing, especially in terms of beyond the playing part, just, having a chance for the players the student athletes to be around each other spend time with each other get to know each other uh, building that closeness that relationship i think it it will reflect when they're actually out there uh, on their respective court or field and and it pays off so just even them going out and traveling and having fun and making these memories and getting to know each other is really going to pay off when the uh the fall season rolls around yeah, and they, um, the, it, it's been interesting when this sort of notion has come up of uh, team chemistry, uh, you know, the team team members liking each other and enjoy hanging out with each other is, you know, in talking with, um, you know, people like Danny Bestman Kelly as coach and Dan Meske as assistant, uh, associate head coach and, and various of the parents will get the opportunity to, like, to a person if this idea comes up for the past couple of years, we've been like, it's really amazing. It's really, really seems like all of these young women genuinely like each other. <laughs> and to see a group of 15 to, you know, 18 uh, young women thrown together like that and to not have any sort of rivalries, not have any beefs really come up uh, of any significance and th that they all just really enjoy being around each other and hanging out. Um, it's just impressive uh, that that culture of, uh, and, and welcoming, welcoming and friendship. And this just, you know, this is going to, you know, make that even more. So when you go through this experience together, you know, and, you know, maybe one in a lifetime, once in a lifetime type trip like this, plus the opportunity to compete internationally is, is just really amazing experience. So, yeah, it's undoubtedly going to really lead to some great, uh, some great interactions within the team and it's nice when the school pays for the trip for you yeah 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 absolutely so yeah i mean it's just like nothing out of your department nope sorry yeah yeah that's a good thing to have uh the, the volleyball program let's 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 be quite honest with you you go back and take a look basically here at the last eight or nine years this has been a program of great success uh, i can only think of and if, if anybody wants to read further on this daryl did a great article on this on, on thursday's mm -hmm. cardinal couple about how the team has done since 2015. And since 2015, they've been to the tournament every year except 2016. Uh, a couple of the years that they were in the tournament, they made the regional finals. They certainly have played for the NCAA championship, speaking of last year. They've made it to the NCAA semifinals. This is a program that has a, a pretty good modicum of success to it. What's the next step, fellas? Is uh, is this a team that can contend for the national title next year? Or is it even way too early to think about that? 
<laughs> it's it's definitely early. Uh, but yeah, I think it is. Uh, you know, you look at okay, what did we lose as as a team? We lost Claire Chasse, we lost Raquel Athero, right? Uh, we lost Amaya Telman, right? Those are the three big players that are no longer going to be on the team. Uh, cards forever. We'll use that term. Uh, we've got we we had a position battle already running for middle hitters uh, that continues we have hannah sherman added into that mix now along with kara cressy and and pk um notionally reese robbins is one of the incoming freshmen she would notionally be involved in that but on this trip she's been playing right side uh so uh yeah we've got plenty of middles uh that are all quite good um setters uh you know we've got ellie clock we've got alexis finbold we've got uh brigitte Petrinko who came in brigitte looks pretty good from what i saw it's the first chance i've really gotten to see her play she looks great i think we're fine there uh we may not be at the same level as raquel was but we'll be fine there and then you know left side hitting obviously anna debeer is going to be back basically 100 percent at this point you've got uh Charity Looper came in as a transfer who, by the way, part of this trip has only been playing back row, despite the fact that she's a bomb of a left side hitter. Um, you've got Alana Bankston coming in as a freshman who can certainly hold her own and has been doing quite well there. It's, it's, it's a reload year. It's not a rebuild year. It's a reload. Uh, it's we've got some great talent. I think all the pieces are in place. Um, I think if you looked at last year, the biggest weakness on the team was in defense. Um, we have one of the best Libros in the country and Elena Scott, but beyond that, it was a little bit shaky. Um, and we've got three really great uh, Libro DSs that have come in as freshmen um, that uh, I think really bolster that and really kind of help the only real weak spot we had. You take a look at the ACC and what Louisville has done since they became a, a member and joined the actual league of course had a strong volleyball program before they went into the ACC but certainly joining the ACC just some of the the series history against ACC schools I was looking at this and just marveled in the fact that uh, out of out of these teams that we were playing in the ACC 11 and 2 against Boston College for example since joining yeah. the league 11 and 0 against Clemson Every school in ACC, we have a winning record, and and not a close winning record, but a pretty big winning record against, except for Florida State, a program that's obviously been very good in volleyball for a lot of years. You yeah. would think so with their location there. And yeah, the actual cards have been playing them since 1980 because they have crossed paths in other conferences before. So, uh, I think that, I think we'd have a pretty balanced record against Pitt as well. Yeah, and, and Pitt 19 and 14 series history, which yeah. is in our favor, which is good, but we're only seven and eight against Pitt since joining the ACC. Yeah. yeah. So. It was, <laughs> I, I have to share this. I went uh, a couple of years ago, I took a road trip down to Duke to watch UVA play at Duke. Um, wanted to see Cameron Andor, uh, some, something of a pilgrimage as a basketball fan, obviously, but, uh, you know, I also had, a, had an extra day off work. So, hey, let's go have a fun road trip. Went down there, and in Cameron Indoor Stadium, which is also where volleyball plays, of course, there is a banner that has all of the conference championships for Duke Volleyball, and, you know, just routine numbers on there, just almost incrementing the, you know, in ACC. 
until you get to 2013 and then it ends. <laughs> I just looked at it and I laughed. I said, gee, what happened in 2013? They ran out of pit. Pitt and Louisville joined the ACC, and we've dominated it ever since. So, <laughs> Between the two of us. <laughs> Having a chance to, to go to Cameron on a couple occasions as well, I have a, quite a few relatives that live in, in Durham and, and live in Hall River and live in Burlington and all the little towns up and down Highway 70, which runs through, of course, Durham as well. Uh, my second trip ever to Cameron, walking in. We were there to go see an uncle of mine who was failing health and just decided, Sony and I, to take a day off, go travel around a little bit. We went and walked around the campus, ended up over, of course, at Cameron, went in. It was wide open. You could walk right in. No problem. Walked out there just to look at it, looked at the court and everything. I saw a basketball over in the corner. And so I told Sony, hey, I'm going to take some jumpers you rebound for. And so there I was futilely throwing the ball at a rim that refused to accept my shots. And we heard his voice come and say, how are you all doing? <laughs> I looked over and looked again. And then I looked over in the corner of the stadium. Stood the man himself, Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah. And he said hi. And we introduced ourselves to him. And he, he kind of scratched his head and said, so you're down here from Louisville, huh? Did you get sent down to about patino here to scout me out <laughs> he starts laughing a little bit I said no and then my wife brings up of course that's right because we beat you in the national championship oh, oh. Pull, that, pull that dagger out a little bit so uh -huh. that, that had to have hurt him but anyway he kind of thought, I said yeah it was it was quite a game wasn't it yeah. and he talked a little bit he said so I said so you've got relatives then as well i said yeah we, we really love it down here i said we uh Love the campus, love the quadrangle, love everything we've seen down here. He says, "Well, you all go take a look at the Duke Gardens and go go through the Duke Forest. You're really going to like those a lot as well." It really is a beautiful campus. What and I it saw is. When I was down there. Yeah, fantastic. So, but uh, yeah, that chance meeting with Coach K and then uh, that was pretty cool. So, but uh, yeah, Louisville has done well there. So let's let's kind of yeah. take that in, in, into. You know, kind of a closure on that. The volleyball program is alive and well. They have that one last step to accomplish, and that's to win a national title. And they may have the team to do it this year. You just never know. The, here on a local scene, though, it looks like Louisville has rediscovered Sacred Heart. How about that? What does that mean? They actually have a women's basketball signee from Sacred Heart and Reagan Bender, a very, very good guard who played for them this year and Donna Moore and their state championship teams that have been always so close to titles and such. Reagan uh, is going to be a guard that makes a big impact on the Louisville program, I believe. But uh, Jared, let's take a look at this a little bit closer. Uh, Sacred Heart and Louisville always haven't have had the rosiest of relationships, have they? Yeah. Uh, it's, I guess, just overall in terms of Louisville area talent, especially Sacred Heart, there's been plenty of strong women's basketball players to come out of Louisville in the past. It just seems like UofL hasn't fully clicked on figuring out how to get them to Louisville yet, and sometimes it may just be not enough investment in the recruiting side. Uh, so this would be a big step. Hopefully that she does commit and sign. I know she's received an offer from here as well as several other nearby schools, such as Indiana. Uh, so hopefully... 
uh, Reagan will not follow Grace Berger's footsteps, and maybe she'll end up at Louisville instead. Certainly a ball player who's, I think, uh, one of several on that team that are very, very good. And uh, you, I think you've got to also mention Sakia Johnson that plays for Sacred Heart and is one that I think is on every college coach's list of, wow, I'd like to get her on campus and show her some things here. Uh, a, a, a superstar. And the thing about her is, you know, she's just finished her sophomore year. So she's actually still got a couple years to go. But uh, other local talent that's doing quite well for the Cardinals. Uh, you take a look besides Bender, Liam Acey, who is over in Mercy, 6'2 sophomore, getting plenty of attention. Uh, Mercy, of course, uh, and I'll throw this one by you, who's a Mercy basketball player that had actually played for the Cards? Hmm. Anybody? Anybody? Hmm. Do we have a year at least uh, for a... Wow. It would descend a Walls era, okay? I'm not coming up with... I don't remember any. Is this uh, Jess Limley? Yes, it is. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, indeed. Jared scores with the attack Yorkie. That's right. Uh, who played for Mercy and certainly... I think has done a lot for the program and still continuing to do a lot for the program, being on as a color commentator for the TV broadcast and such. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know, let, let's take a look at some of the players that have been here in the past real quickly for the cards that I think have done some wonderful things for Louisville and played some very, very good basketball. Monique Reed, Tia Gibbs, Candace Bingham, uh, both the Slaughter sisters, Chess being one as well. But uh, surprisingly, some of them were actually transfers in. They did not actually start their careers at Louisville. Uh, is is there? Is it the, the scope and the nature of the program, Jared, at Louisville is so popular in women's basketball that they don't have to lean so heavily on local talent? Or has it just been something where we've just kind of overlooked it? I think sometimes we just overlook the the local talent, because there's plenty of strong local talent, is, and you've named off several of them, uh, many that have helped lead Louisville to a Final Four, if not further, many of them uh, playing at some type of professional level, either in the WNBA or overseas. Uh, so I think it's just more sometimes Louisville is uh, looking beyond just local players uh, and maybe unintentionally forgetting about how talented some of the local uh, prospects are getting a chance to learn about other players in other areas for sure and of course uh, I know the, the the thought in a lot of people's minds as we discuss all that is certainly uh, still there's still fallout and it's way too long for this to be going on but there is still fallout about Haley Van Lith leaving Louisville to go to LSU uh, guys, can can we finally throw the final shovel full, full of dirt on this thing yeah. and move on? Uh, yeah, I mean, it sucks, but it also is done. You know, it's, it's done deal. It's not changing. It is what it is. I just, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm like you. I'm I'm ready to be done talking about it. Basically, and, and Jared, you had the opportunity to take a lot of photos of her over the last three years and stuff. Uh, been around a little bit. Can we move on now? Can we finally uh, put this away? Yeah, we've got plenty of players we need to go ahead and focus on that are on the active current roster. And 
support them and invest our time and interest into them at this point because they certainly deserve it. And I think Jeff Walls is ready to get this team back to a Final Four or, or maybe even a national championship. Uh, not sure how this team will, will gel yet, but I'm excited to see them out there on the court. And who knows, maybe we'll uh, come across LSU in the NCAA tournament and maybe then we can let some of the, the trash talk uh, revitalize itself. And I'd love to to win, uh, but certainly those UofL fans who tend to take to social media and uh, tag players and their posts, uh, to me, it's just not a good look. And it certainly will show uh, not only on the current players and those who have transferred out, but the potential uh, recruits that we could have as well. Yeah, so I'll put it out there as kind of a, a plea from the crew at Cardinal Couple to those of you who still think it's necessary to dwell on the departure of Van Lith. Let's go ahead and put it to peace. Put it to rest. It's done with. It's over. And let's look ahead. Let's tear off the rearview mirror as John L. Smith was quoted as saying many years ago about the football program. Let's throw this to women's basketball. Let's tear that rearview mirror off completely and look forward and look ahead to the teams that are going to be part of the future for Louisville women's basketball. Some certainly very good players indeed that I think are on this roster and can do some good things. Uh, a player who was on the roster, did some great things, has had trips with a couple of different WNBA teams and has now resurfaced with the Minnesota Lynx is Emily Inksler. And what a great move this is, guys. Yeah, that's exciting. Uh, you know, she's a she's just a She's an exciting player to watch, you know? She's just got a style that's fun and, and enjoyable. And I, regardless of how effective you think it might be, it brings in fans. So there's, I think there's an argument to be made there. I also think she's quite effective as a player, uh, as, as we've seen. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see her get uh, another chance here. You know, she's had a couple already, been uh, – Glad to see another one on the horizon for her and hope she does well with it. And she's certainly one that I think could be a benefit to any program she goes to. I had somebody ask me this one the other day, though, and I really didn't have a good answer for him. But I said, well, you take a look at what Monique Reed has done over the years playing basketball. Why is it that she's never made it done on that WNBA roster? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I came, came up uh, answerless. Obviously, she's done a lot in uh, in overseas. Uh, she's played in Turkey a lot. Um, I, man, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like somebody would want to snap her up, but she—I don't know. Maybe she's not interested. That's possible too. Uh, that could be a part of it, uh, Jared. One of the things that that I look at now with with the Cardinals that are out there, two names that we really kind of wonder about and how things have been going for them. Angel McCautry's not on the roster and it seems like she was on rosters for years and now no longer an actual part of the league. Are you, are you surprised by this at all? Um, I knew she kind of at times hinted at retirement. Uh, she's had some injury issues that uh, can, can take some time to, to recover from and heal from, but I think she's also just been so busy with everything else, lots of traveling appearances uh, all across the country that she almost seems satisfied to be 
unofficially retired from the WNBA. And kind of sad to, to see that era in because it sounds like it is finally over and ended. Uh, another one, a player that got off to such a great start in the WNBA and then uh, unfortunately was hit by COVID very hard and is now cr- crawling and, and fighting her way back into the league trying to get things done is, of course, A.D., who uh, we used to call Asia Doer, is now known as A.D. Uh, Jeff, what's the scenario on her? Is she at a point where she can eventually come back and be one of the leaders in the league? Yeah, I think so. Uh, they're, they're making a great uh, effort uh, in, in working on coming back and getting back in playing shape uh, and, and making appearances on the floor. It's not a huge amount of time yet, but it takes a little time. I mean, she was basically off for what two, three years almost. Uh, it's it's a significant break to come back from. You don't do that overnight. So uh, they're gonna continue to work at it. And incredible work ethic there. And uh, I'm I'm hopeful that she's gonna be able to they're gonna make a, be able to make a full recovery and continue to get back into playing shape and make uh, a an impressive appearance again. And, and certainly the players we've mentioned here have been players who were standouts on their respective teams at UofL. When you look at this roster this year, Wallace has got coming up, do we have a standout player? Some people will mention Olivia Cochran. Uh, other than that, guys, is there a standout player on this team? Hmm. I think it's kind of early to tell. Okay. That's yeah. a fair answer. I, I don't it's, it's been so much shakeup in the roster that I'm not sure I can even answer that. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I'm going to have to kind of see them play a little bit and, you know, preseason stuff and, and see what they're capable of there. I, I don't have a good answer for uh, the knowledge right now. You mean uh, my Costa Robinson is not coming back for another year? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's going to be on the bench, which, you know, is exciting. But yeah. Uh, I thought she was 10 year no cut with her. Yeah. She gets 10 years, guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, just to have her in the presence of the team will be, I think, very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be uh, uh, going to be a great presence on the bench. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I'd love to see her out on the court stealing uh, passes more. But, you know, that's just not in the cards anymore. And uh, but she'll be a great presence on the bench. They just may have to build a restraining wall around the bench. Yeah. To keep her from running out there and intercepting a pass. But. Good things ahead. The, one of the last things I want to touch on on today's broadcast a little bit is the amazing Ballard softball squad here locally. Yeah. Another state championship for them. Uh, I think this is their third or, or second. Yeah, second. Second, uh, second, second in a row, but they have had uh, a few uh, others. A lot of successes, but second in a row, uh, defeating Henderson County recently to take that title. And let's let's just stop it right there. What about Brooke Gray? I mean, what kind of pitcher is she in? How lucky are we to have her coming in to be a Cardinal? I'm excited. Uh, uh, we've got a lot of pitchers coming back. Uh, two strong freshmen that are incoming, one of them being Brooke Gray, on top of a, a veteran crew, experienced crew at this point. Uh, just a few years ago with UofL softball, you have to think that we were kind of relying on one pitcher for most of the season, and we'd have a second one that could come in and provide an inning of relief here and there. 
Well, now Coach Holly April is enough to throw each pitcher one inning in the same game and may still have leftover pitchers to work with, which is which is great. Uh, but the talent and skill level that Brooke Gray already has doesn't appear to be that of a freshman. I mean, I think she's going to come in and already look like a true college veteran. The 2023 Kentucky Miss Softball. Jeff, uh, yeah, Kentucky Gatorade Player of the Year. How many other yeah. awards did she get in a 48-hour period? There's a bunch. Well, yeah, what else do you want to throw in her corner? It probably will stay. Uh, here are some numbers on Gray for this last season. 29-0 and 0 in the circle. A 0. 0.81 ERA. <laughs> That's just gaudy. <laughs> she had 307 strikeouts and 189 innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's joining a solid pitching staff, as Jared mentioned, coming back. Yeah. Uh, they've also got another very yeah. high talented freshman and Lindsay Mullen coming in too from Virginia. But Jeff, uh, that's amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it really is. Uh, we've got a lot of, uh, again, we have a great pitching staff and it is a staff and it, it was, uh, you know, I watched a fair bit of the uh, women's college world series and this was a discussion point, uh, between, uh, the you know uh, Michelle Smith and uh, who all was on the call uh, for many of those was was talking about how the game has changed for pitching staffs uh, and that that you know it used to be five ten years ago you could go all the way to the women's college world series and win it with a single good pitcher um, and you just don't see that anymore it just never happens anymore so it's a really kind of a change to the way the game is played. Um, based some on like analytics and stuff like that. Everybody's kind of getting into that now, data, working with data and stuff like that. So, but uh, you know, yeah, it's, we're going to see more in college softball that you're going to have a pitching staff and a bullpen, much like baseball has been for a long time. And we're seeing that here at UofL and it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it makes for an exciting game. It does make the games a little longer when you're shuffling pitchers in and out that often because there's that delay of game is, is kind of people are uh, getting warmed up. But uh, I think ultimately it's good for the game. Uh, Dan and Clemson, Jared, did. they may argue that a little bit with Valerie Cagle doing such wonderful things down there for the Clemson Tigers inside the circle and being basically a one-woman show for a lot of what they did this year. But uh, is, is, is Jeff got on the right track here? Is this the way that softball is going now? you could see five or six pitchers a game yeah maybe not to the extent of five or six pitchers uh you may see in terms of more of a series you've got your three game series in conference play where whoever your friday starter may throw a full game friday and you may not see her the rest of the weekend Uh, and part of that is more to help prevent opposing teams from being able to adjust and adapt that that's the big thing. That's why you see a lot of these pitching changes because if you're going to see a single pitcher for approximately 21 innings over the weekend, at some point your your batting should be able to figure her out some. So switching out pitchers with different looks, different styles can really help on the defensive side and keep the opposing offense on their feet. So another very important aspect of the game besides pitching is. Can you get runners around the bags to home plate to score runs? A very essential part of the game. 
as it has been said many times, he who scores the most runs or she who scores the most runs in a contest will win the game. And that is, of course, the ultimate identifying standard in softball. What's your one loss record? In order to win, you obviously must score more runs than the other team. It's just a fact, kids. Uh, Look at what Louisville's got coming back. What do they got coming back that's going to be able to score runs? Jared. A lot. Uh, most of the team, honestly. You, you're you losing Taylor Roby, who was just a, a staple for both your offense and defense. So that that's your, your biggest loss there. Uh, losing Hannah File is also extremely tough. Uh, more so on the offensive end, as uh, she pretty much just played first base on defense. I think UVL's got a couple players that they could probably throw in on first base and, and cover pretty well. But Roby was second in the country in home runs. Uh, she's top five in RBIs, top five in, uh, I believe, on base percentage. So it's insane what she was able to do in terms of offensive production. But you still have so much left that's out there. Uh, you know, one of those, a couple of those players that come to mind, Corby Otis, who's uh, commanding your outfield there in center field. She's a rising junior, plenty of time with her. A uh, big multi-base hitter, whether it's doubles, triples, home runs, uh, she can do it all. Sarah Gordon, who was uh, the ACC Freshman of the Year as a catcher, uh, she gunned down several runners f- from a, a defensive standpoint, but she was also a lot of doubles, a lot of home runs, major speed. You've got a lot of other players out there with big speed as well. Daisy Hess is a big multi-base hitter. Uh, Easton Lotus with speed. Allie Alexander's got a lot of speed out there. I mean, you've got a ton to work with, uh, even some of the pinch runners. Did you mention Corby Otis? If she, who, oh, if, if she gets oh, on yes. first base, she's going to take second. Yeah, she's. <laughs> it's not a matter of is she going to steal. It's a matter of which pitch of this at bat is <laughs> yeah. going to steal. And you're not going to catch her. So, you know. <laughs> so she's, And she's fun to watch. But you've got pretty much minus file on Roby, pretty much your entire production. So, uh, Approximately 80% of your production is coming back for next year, which is great. Yeah, and it's a, I think it's a fair point to, to point out the contrast between, you know, we were talking about Brooke Gray coming in and Taylor Roby. Brooke Gray is not an offensively-minded pitcher. She's not going to go out there and be hitting like like Taylor Roby did. No. Um, it's, uh, you know, Roby's uh, not something you see very often. Um, yeah, and I, I know I shared the uh, experience of the SID from a, an opposing team. It was like, he saw her coming up. She hit a home run or something. And she came out. He was like, wait, she hits too? <laughs> you know? like, yeah. Yeah, fairly well. Fairly well. There's certainly a ball player that, yeah, it's one of those that you run across rarely. But certainly when you run across it, you're so grateful to have one like that in what she did. And then uh, I said, I think she's going to the pro links as well, if I saw that correctly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. The, the pro the summer league she, she's uh with the pride the pride yeah that's what it was. she she made a a clever instagram post uh, recently and it said let's pride but with the p being in parentheses so it also read as right. let's ride yeah that's cool and hopefully she'll do quite well with them indeed uh someone who can certainly get it done in the circle as well as at the plate and has shown that ever since she's been on campus uh one of the uh, last things I think we'll cover here, guys, and then we're almost at noon here. So, wow, the, the show has just flown by. It's taking a, a look at the Amina Ekic, who is now back 
playing soccer with racing Louisville was that for a while a little bit of an injury but uh, was able to actually get into a game against Houston the other night and uh it's so good to see her back out there playing in Louisville Sub- again. subbed in for the racing superstar we have this year and Savannah DeMello but yeah uh, yeah, she, uh, Amina had broken her, uh, was a fractured ankle, I think is what it was, foot, ankle, something like that, when she was playing in Melbourne, um, over winter, over winter for us, summer there, um, and had been recovering from that and did get back out on the pitch this week, uh, for the first time. So, uh, I think everybody's happy to see that. Um, I'm sure the racing marketing department is happy to see that too uh but uh and we are all as well she's a great player great person we've all enjoyed i know we've all enjoyed jared you particularly have enjoyed you know covering uh her play and getting to know her a little bit so it's yeah, great to see her back absolutely phenomenal person as kind-hearted as you can ask for uh respectful uh, very bright in terms of uh, education, school, smart person. And then obviously her her talent and athleticism there uh, with soccer, which is something she's just grown up playing. Just all around a, a great person, uh, somebody uh, that's just kind of a great representative, both, both the city of Louisville and UofL. Uh, so I like having her as an ambassador uh, for the city and this university. One well, would... Make a rightful argument, I think, if they ever were to build the Mount Rushmore of, of UFL women's athletics uh, stars over the years, I do believe that Amina would have a spot as one of those four figures on that monument. It'd I would be hard have, hard to argue otherwise, indeed. I can't uh, I can't see throwing her off. Yeah, yeah. she's got to be one of them. Boy. Trying to do a Mount Rushmore of just UFL athletes, women's yeah. athletes as a whole would be tough. Trying to even doing. The, respect to the sports individual sports would be tough enough as is but absolutely or that could be a future project for you jared is come up with your mount rushmore and then do photos of each i think certainly you'd have to have her in there somewhere but then again you may come up with four completely different ones that's the beauty of individual thought and the way things go people have different opinions on different things uh for me i think i'd find a place for alicia wolney on there somewhere and undoubtedly having her Swinging a bat and knocking the ball over across the monument. But hey, guys, we've already run through the whole hour of the show today. We have just flown through this with a variety of topics. Hope everybody's had a, a great time listening. We certainly enjoyed talking with you all and sharing some ideas about the Louisville women's athletics and in the slow season, the off season. But certainly a lot of fun and a lot of good information shared today. So we'll move into some final thoughts here. And uh, Jared, let's go ahead and start it on off with you. Final thoughts. I'm just glad to be back after a successful wedding and uh, got a couple weeks, two and a half weeks until we uh, go honeymooning. Uh, So just going to enjoy a little bit of time here in Louisville and uh, maybe spend some more time being a tourist in my own city. Spent uh, this past week going to the zoo in a bats game and love to get out to a racing match here in the next few weeks as well. It is kind of cool to actually be a tourist in your own city at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to do that a few years ago and went around and, and kind of made a list of things that we had never been or never seen to in all our many years here in Louisville and decided to go check them out and sample them and see what we thought of them. Hey, if you ever get the time to do that, do that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good time. Jeff, final thoughts? 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to jump back. Uh, you mentioned Angel McCutcheon earlier. Uh, an amusing uh, incident happened with respect to her. She uh, Angel came out as as lesbian back in I don't know 2015 something like that, right? And uh, her name and likeness get used on a poster about athletes that are uh, lesbian, given that this is Pride Month, right? Celebration of Pride. And she kind of came. She came out. She responded to it. She said, "Yeah, you know, I, I did it, but I should like tell people that." I'm in a very happy relationship with my boyfriend right now. So, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was kind of an amusing uh, thing. And, and so people kind of got up like, why are you sharing this? Well, her name and likeness got used for this. And, you know, kind of make sure that it's clear what the situation is here. So I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, talk to people before you like try to use them as uh, on your poster, good. you know? A very good idea. Yeah, certainly. So always get a clarification from the subject. If you're going to make a statement, it might be considered maybe just a bit controversial or something that might cause thoughts yeah. in a lot of people. Make yeah, sure that it, the actual players in ball, on board with you. Yeah, she was very clear about being supportive of pride, being supportive of sure. LGBTQ. You know, absolutely. But she's like, you know, my current situation is that I'm in a great relationship with my boyfriend. So, you know, yeah. Well, women's basketball is one of those sports that has, uh, a little bit higher of a rate for uh, active LGBTQ yeah. members. Uh, softball happens to be another one, by the way. Uh, so it's fully understandable. She's going to want to make sure she's perfectly clear that she is still uh, an ally and a big supporter of those yeah, LGBT community. It's certainly something that I know she'll continue to stand up and champion as, as she goes on. And certainly just because she's not currently playing WNBA basketball, does not mean that you've heard the end of Angel McCautry. She will continue, yep. I think, to be a leader, not only in, in women's activities and women's sports, but a community leader as well. And that's very important for our city, I do believe. And hopefully making ice cream, because she does a pretty good job of that. And too. bringing that ice cream spot <laughs> to Louisville. That's, that's right. right. It's the first question out of my mouth every time <laughs> I see her. How's, you know, how's the ice cream shop going? And she'll kind of smile. And that's yeah. just you know, we've just got so much stuff to work out with it. Yeah. I, I went to it in the Atlanta. It was good ice cream, I got to say. You know. I wonder how well it's still doing in Atlanta. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't checked on it recently. It's been a few years since I was yeah, there. It's been a few years since we were there as well. But it was certainly good ice cream and certainly enjoyed our trip down there to it. But as for me, final thoughts, uh, just kind of a, a week where it seems like every every week these days now is filled with, with, with doctor's appointments and things like that as they kind of a, make sure that everything's on go for me and everything that's running properly for me to make sure that I'm ready for a kidney should I receive one. And I just want to kind of make a clarification because I've received some emails about this. Yes, I do need a kidney. And yes, I am undergoing dialysis three days a week to kind of just put it out there so everybody knows what's going on with me. Am I in any danger of dying right now? No, I am not. Uh, do the, the dialysis work that they do and the things that they cover with me, they basically clean my blood of function that my kidney is no longer capable of doing. But yeah, it's four hours, three days a week. It's kind of like working a job and doing four hours overtime once a week. You split it up into three separate areas. They make sure that you're comfortable. They do things for you. But the bottom line, as people have mentioned to me, 
well, how long are you going to have to do this basically until I get a kidney? I will be doing this for the rest of my life. That's why I still try to get it out there that I would like to get a kidney from somebody. Unfortunately, the candidate I had for that was shot down because of their own kidney problems. I am still actively seeking and searching a candidate who would be kind enough to consider donating a kidney to me. Uh, I would say, you know, the only way you can really go through what I'm going through is put this in your own shoes and wear it around today. Hmm. Walk around with it. But I do want to thank everybody who's thought of me and their prayers and everything else that they do to encourage me and to keep me going. Uh, all I can tell you is I'm not going anywhere right now. I plan on being here, and my hope is very, very, very strong that someday I'll get a kidney that works. So, with that said, uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show today, and certainly would invite you to uh, make it a regular Saturday thing. Join in with us and listen to the Cardinal Couple Radio or podcast. Sometimes we can be very entertaining and exciteful, as we were today, and hope that you all enjoyed the broadcast. Until now. Thanks for listening and go cards. Thanks for listening to the Cardinal Couple Radio Hour. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a rating or review and subscribe to the show in your podcast player of choice. We're available on all of the major podcast players. And be sure to check out the site at cardinalcouple.com for the daily column bringing you the joy and excitement of mobile women's athletics. Mm-hmm.